Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Seven Intriguing Vibe podcast. Now, in this podcast, me and Dr. Ghanem Kashwani, we like to speak about different topics. And topics like what we want, for example, startup, entrepreneurship, new trend, mental health, and career, and self-improvement, and self-energy, and sometimes another thinking major. We like also to interview other people from other fields. So, we like to get the expertise on how they can benefit us and benefit society. So, let us jump to the episode, and thank you guys, and wishing you the best. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good afternoon from where you are. In this episode, we'll speak with Miss Tiffany Dawson. She's from Australia, since she moved to UK, Princeton, so to study there. She has a Bachelor of Mechanical Engineering, since she worked in corporate for, I think, a couple of years. Then afterwards, she was fitting up from the corporate work and she moved up to more of coaching career teaching. We met together through the Facebook and Passprout, Passprout Facebook community, with a support code for podcasting. I was stunned when she's a stimulist and she has a great podcast. It's called How to Be Stimulist. It's a fantastic podcast about her and how to talk about coaching and career and tips. So let us jump over that and take care. Bye. So, hey, Miss Stephanie, how are you? Good, good morning or good evening from wherever we are. How's everything? Hello, yeah, good, thanks. It's uh, just past 5 p.m. where I am. How about you? It's good evening here in Dubai, actually, to be honest. So, good evening for us, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's just three hours. It's not like, you know, when there are sometimes we, we podcast sometimes from all over the U.S. or from Australia, it'd be like nine hours different than we have to manage. Oh, my God, I have to manage all these crazy things. You know? I know, and sometimes there's daylight savings and things change. It's so confusing, isn't it? Yeah. So that reason, yeah, I got yeah, I agree with you. So that reason, why I'm writing, I'm writing. Look, this is time golf standard time GMT plus four. So yes. you gotta figure it out. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So can I introduce more about 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 you? Introduce myself. Audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah of, course. of course. So I'm Tiffany Dawson. I'm really excited to be on your podcast today. And what I do is I am a career coach for women in STEM. And all that means is that I teach frameworks to women in STEM. So STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and maths. And I basically teach them how to become confident, strategy savvy, and influential leaders with ease and grace. Now, I really want to emphasize the ease and grace part because I think a lot of the time we feel that to become a good engineer or to become someone who's good in a corporate world, you have to play dirty corporate tricks and climb up the ladder. But actually, it doesn't mean that at all. You don't have to do it that way. That is certainly one way to do it. <laughs> but um, for most of the women who I work with, that is definitely not something they want to do. You know, they went into engineering or went into STEM because of a greater, deeper purpose. And they want to be able to serve whoever they want to serve using their job. So, um, yeah, I teach about confidence, strategic thinking, and influencing skills. Wow, fantastic. So can I explain how you come to the coaching? Because to be honest, when I was, because to be honest, people don't know the audience we've been through. It was so random. I met her. We went to each other through the proud community. We will talk, and she was talking about one-year university, and I was talking, wow, we have another woman here who speaks about engineer. 
and she's coaching and she's so likable in that podcast for the audience who wanted to listen. So can you tell us how you've been like in the coaching business? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your kind words. And yeah, we, we met um, basically because I'm also a, a podcast host of How to Be a Steminist. So yeah, so excited to be on your podcast as well. I do have a confession to make. I'm not a civil engineer, but my background is in mechanical engineering. So yeah, I guess your question being how I got from there to becoming a coach, I probably need to go a little bit deeper into my own career story. So as a mechanical engineer or any type of engineer for that fact, being a woman is usually, it usually means that you're a minority, especially in the Western world, like in Australia, where I started my career and in the UK where I live now. Um, And also in America, I hear, you know, being a woman in STEM means that you're one of very few women in those workplaces. Apparently in Dubai, it's different. Maybe I can ask you about that. It's similar. Yeah. It's similar. Even like, like there's a majority for men to the woman here. Yeah. Yeah. It's challenging even for the female. Okay. Okay. So maybe, maybe we're in similar boats here, but um, I guess when I first started my career, I didn't realize that there would be challenge, like extra challenges being a woman. I knew there weren't as many, but I didn't know that there would be extra challenges. And um, I guess the more and more senior I became, the more I saw there was this opportunity gap between me and my male colleagues. And I always believed that was just because I wasn't as good as them. I just thought I was not a good engineer and therefore they were getting all the cool projects to work on. They were going to all the important client meetings and I was left in the office to do boring calculations um, and, you know, all the task work instead of all the exciting, flashy stuff. So over time, this really eroded my confidence, right? I kept thinking, okay, well, the evidence shows that they're getting all these opportunities that I'm not. So that must mean I'm not doing as good a job as them. So the way that I tried to combat this was to work harder. I used to try and work more hours and do more work to prove that I could be considered for these cool opportunities. But I don't think that really worked. (laughs) But um, yeah, I, I guess I got more and more senior and I also thought, okay, in order to feel confident in my role, what I need to do is get a promotion or, you know, have my boss tell me good feedback. So I got all those things. I got good feedback. I got promotions. I became a manager for 30 engineers. And even with all of that external validation, I still felt awful about my engineering skills. I still felt like I was no good. And I developed what I now know is called imposter syndrome, where no matter how much other people were telling me I was doing a good job, I just did not believe it. I felt, oh, maybe I was just lucky that I got this position. Um, So it, it got to a point where you know, I was leading quite a few people and all the evidence showed that I was doing a good job, but I was totally burnt out because I kept feeling like I had to keep proving myself. And it got to the point where I, on the way to work one day, I just spontaneously burst out crying (laughs) and I don't cry very often. So I knew this was a big thing. And I guess that made me stop to think 
what is going on? Why am I living my life this way? No one deserves to live this way, you know, in fear going into work every day that you might be found out that you're no good at your job. This is not a good way to live. So I spoke to my manager about it and I was really lucky that I had a great manager at that time. And he gave me all the support that I needed and put me forward for some group coaching workshops for high performing women in the business And through those workshops, I learned some really simple tools to overcome some of these confidence issues, to start regaining some boundaries in terms of my work life and personal life. And they were really simple tools. They were really easy to implement. And I could see a change straight away. So while that was great, I also got a bit angry because why hadn't anyone taught me this stuff before? And how many other women out there are suffering through the same thing and they don't have the tools, like they don't have the access to this sort of training to help themselves. So I spent so much of my spare time at lunch times and after work talking to other women and and people who I managed because I had a leadership role at that time. I was talking to them about all these tools to help them create a better career for themselves, to create a career path that they found fulfilling and enjoying. And I guess that's where my first foray into coaching was. I didn't realize it was coaching at the time, uh, but I became so passionate about this and I found being able to help change these people's lives was so rewarding that I decided This is something I want to do full time. So I ended up taking the leap. I finished up with my engineering career and started my own coaching business to focus on this. Wow, really fascinating. Because really fascinating. I resonate with you. Like when we study in the work, we don't know many of these soft skills. Why do you think we don't don't know about these soft skills? Why do you think about this skill? Someone is not teaching us. Why do you think like no one knows about this skill? What do you think in your opinion? Yeah, I think it's mad as well. Like, why aren't we taught this stuff from a young age? You know, I feel this is stuff that we should be taught at schools. But I don't know. I I guess especially in engineering, we're so, like, technical technically based. We love the facts and the logic and, you know, if we do this, then that. It's all about the calculations and and risks and all that kind of stuff. So our focus is all about the technical stuff. And I know that in a lot of engineering workplaces, we value those technical skills more than, say, leadership skills or communication skills. I think it maybe it's partly to do with the industry and, and what we think the industry Uh, delivers to the world, like what value it delivers, but also maybe in society, we, and and our culture, we just value those technical skills more so than these ways of being able to manage our own lives. Sometimes it's like it, we're kind of ashamed to talk about our challenges in the workplace and, and our communication challenges and boundary challenges because maybe we feel we should have it all together. And if you have these challenges that maybe you're not doing a good job or you're weak. So I think maybe people don't talk about it enough as well. I agree with that, especially 
people don't talk about it or we just tough it up or we just don't talk about it. For me, in my opinion, this is my personal opinion. I personally, because from university, we never talk to scalp, even from school. Like, I agree with you when you said we didn't take it from school. And actually, she should touch the school. Because for me, I believe the education system, I call it the medieval education. It's so medieval and so outdated. We are in the, it's from the second industrial revolution. Yes. Now, now, oh, my God. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where people have to work in factories. And people, they put people to work in mixing. But now we are at the fourth industrial revolution mm-hmm. where there's an AI, internet of things, and this thing. And education has to be changed. Like, yeah, we have, education has to be changed. They have to, I agree to put technical stuff, but there should be some, you know, there should be some soft skill to teach. Especially, in school. forget about if assist from school. Because then you will go management. You will go, you need this skill. Okay, technical, I have no issue with them. Yeah, I so agree with you. And and this is something I've reflected on a lot in the past years as well. I do definitely feel that our schooling systems are so old and outdated and they teach us, I guess, you know, like they teach us stuff like if you keep your head down and be quiet and work really hard, then you'll be successful. And that's how we're rewarded as children. You know, if you don't make a big fuss. You just keep your head down. You're quiet. You do your work. You get good grades. Then you'll be given a gold star or an A plus. <laughs> but then that strategy doesn't work when you get into the workplace. You know, you can't just quietly sit in your corner and do your work. You have to work with other people. You have to convince other people that you are capable of your job. You have to influence other people. So, yeah, I totally agree that our schooling systems need to change. I agree with you, especially only for the grade, because to be honest, if it is to me, I would remove the whole grading system in the schools. Because really, it makes you just competitive just for the seeking knowledge that is going to be useless when you graduate mm. from high school. Because I remember I, when I did my final high school, I forget half of the things that I remember about it after finishing the exam. Like, bang, it's like memory yes. removed. <laughs> Same, same, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So even when I go to college, even, even to college, like I never applied ten percent when I go from technical to you know to when I go to the career fair, when I come to the career, when I apply ten mm-hmm. percent. But you sense also you bring something about challenge, especially I remember like we never talk about this challenge even in our workplace, especially this challenge can lead sometimes to a depression and mental health issue. To be mm-hmm. honest. Because to be honest, I know two of my friends personally went to a therapist because of this issue. They have it, they tough it up. We never talk about our challenge in the workplace. No one is perfect at the end. I know that. And unfortunately, we have some, okay. And every, we, are, we are seeking the good from everyone. But every, sometimes you can't get in a, okay. For me, I, sometimes I saw like point fingering. Sometimes there is, you know, there is a corporate unethical thing happen sometimes. The point fingering and the backstabbing and this type of thing. It's just about mental health. Do do you think that there shall be a policy for well-being in the workplace, or shall be taught even in high school and college the well-being? Yeah, I I definitely think that should be taught. And I, you know, I don't know much about the schooling system now, but I am hearing more and more that there are some 
cool cases every now and then where you can see primary schools teaching stuff like mindfulness practice or meditation. And um, instead of punishing children who are misbehaving, they teach them how to do breathing exercises. So I think all of that is really encouraging to see. And I hope that can grow, especially now that, you know, our generation, we're growing up in this world where we're starting to learn a lot more about this stuff than the previous generation. You know, we have that luxury. We've got that knowledge now. Um, Hopefully that trickles down into the schooling system as well. But for sure, like well-being definitely needs to be taught. I remember when I was at school, um, we got taught some like very little mental health stuff. But I remember in high school, we got taught about, um, you know, some people might, I don't know, it was just very random. Some people might become suicidal. So um, if you're feeling that way, it's actually really selfish and that you shouldn't feel that way because you're taking your life away from your, you know, what are you doing to your family and friends? But if you taught that to kids now, you'd be like, that is, that's just putting more pressure on someone who's depressed. Or, I agree or with you, anxious. of course. Yeah, because of course, especially if you put more pressure, you're under so pressure, it's going to backfire him at the end, mentally and depression, well-being yeah. at the end, yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, we are gaining more information and more knowledge on these kinds of topics now, so I can only hope that trickles down into our schooling systems. So what about also the workplace, which shall be a well-being policy also in workplace, and to talk about this problem with, without judgment that the people to, to employ to get the space to talk about this challenging they have in the workplace, like mm-hmm. they have a policy, something like that. Because to be honest, many companies, they don't do any of these policies. I, this is what I see. Like they yeah. don't have a policy about it to talk about their challenging with their, their readers or with their colleagues. With their, we have it, but what do you think about that? I actually think in in my own work experience, most of the places that I've worked, they do have these policies, but it also there's also some sort of unspoken rule that if you take out these policies, you'll be seen in a bad light. So it's like almost shameful. Yeah. So those policies yeah. are there. So you're kind of like dangling this thing, you know, this benefit in front of your employees, but then no one in the workplace, like the culture doesn't support people taking those policies up, which I think is a real problem. It's almost worse than not having the policies in the workplace. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's backfired. Sometimes like, I know some bosses are horrible. If you're going to back me, I will back you. Is it like that? If you do solid, if you do that button thing, I'm going to do five times more than you. Yes. And I saw that person in my eye. <laughs> Especially that's the reason why I hate the 360 evaluations. Really, I hate them. The three, you know the 360 evaluation yeah, at yeah. the end of the year where you can evaluate your boss and your boss. It shall be animos. Because when he sees your name, oh my God, you're going to have a nice year. Nice upcoming yeah. year. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. So, you know, that, that kind of stuff can backfire and it, it just goes to show how important your work culture is because though, say 
those 360 feedback um, processes, they can actually be really helpful. They can be mm. really, really productive. Um, mm. I know at my husband's workplace, they do that. And the culture is amazing there. I think he's quite lucky where he works. Um, mm. So everyone's quite open with giving feedback and accepting it. And they feel like getting constructive feedback will only help them improve. So that's the culture, but the culture only trickles down from leadership. So if the people in leadership don't feel that way, then everyone else below them is also going to feel like, okay, I can't say this to my boss because otherwise he's going to punish me next yeah, year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And one more thing, like since you graduated, you know, because since you, when you moved from a career jo corporate job to be an entrepreneur and you do your own coaching and your coursing classes and you do it, you go entrepreneur and you do your own self-interpreter free courses. How it was there? What's some challenging jumping up from, you know, SF nine to five to entrepreneur life? What does the challenge there? So challenging. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I was expecting. You know, everyone tells you, oh, it's really difficult. It's really challenging. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I didn't think or I thought for some reason I was different. I don't know. But <laughs> in all honesty, it was really challenging. You know, I worked since uni, you know, I worked for someone else. Even before that, I started part-time work when I was 14. I always worked for someone else. Basically, if you turn up at the right time and leave work at the right time, you get paid a set amount. And that was the environment that I worked in for my whole life. I didn't have any family or any friends who had their own businesses who, you know, I could see them as role models of. So it was a really challenging mindset shift to become an entrepreneur. And even up until recently, I, I would find myself sitting at my desk nine till five, even if I didn't have anything to do. And sometimes I'd be like, what the heck am I doing? You know, I'm, <laughs> I don't need to prove to anyone that I'm doing my hours. What am I doing? So, you know, it took a long time for me to retrain my brain that it, it's actually about the value that you provide rather than the number of hours you work, especially in engineering. I know lots of places you have to do your timesheets. So you're Oh my trained, God. I hate timesheets. I'm so glad I don't have to do them anymore. But, you know, Time you're trained up. to, you know, track your hours or try and justify the amount of time that you're putting in your timesheet. So it is a really different mindset. And the other challenge that was massive was learning how to market my services because before I always worked for well-known engineering companies. I could use the engineering company's name and prestige to market our services. If I was writing fee proposals or doing business development work, it just didn't seem as a personal rejection or anything. If someone said no, it was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm just a small fish in this massive pond. If they don't yeah. want our proposal, then that's fine. Um, but marketing my own services, it started to feel really personal and I also had some kind of confidence issues starting off there as well because I'd just never done it before. Wow. 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 Really? You, you get now, just an answer, you get a really good gems. For example, <laughs> like, for example, the timing, I agree with you. 
really, really, I hate those timesheets, especially I remember I work with a business where forget about we write it manually, the timesheet. We have to do punching. Oh, punching. no way. <laughs> yeah. Not only because there is some trust issue with the management, like we have to do management, not only punching by hand, even by eye. If you don't even know the eye punching. Oh, my God. Wow. It, be- it becomes so toxic that people just they work for the punching. They didn't work just to want to work. Like, for example, you work at eye, you punch. You're going to fight, yep. punch. I just get out. I just did my job. That reason I hate the punching machine and this time sheet because it's silly. Like for example, there are some days you cannot work. Sorry, you cannot work hard all the night to finish that project. And sometimes there is no work you can leave early. It's not about the time. It's about productivity. How yeah. much you protective you are? Because oh my god, I don't remind me of these days when I have to do this punching and. <laughs> sorry to bring that horrible. It's okay, fine. It's okay, fine. <laughs> It's like, it's, uh, and because, you know, the, the management, the knucklehead management, like 70 plus years old, who's just thinking that you are not working, just just playing. I don't yeah. want to go deep. I hate it. Like, you know, that there's that lack of trust in their employees. Yeah. And, you know, when your manager doesn't trust you, then you're more likely to act in a way that doesn't serve them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you work very aggressive at the end. Yeah, yeah, you, you just you. try and do as little as possible. Yeah, of to, course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so now because now about marketing, because I know, especially we never talk about marketing, we never, no one talks about marketing, how to market ourselves, to be honest, mm. really. No one teaches us how to market ourselves, even yeah. though I have the lack of this. So why do, what's the best way to engineer to know marketing, how we can know marketing? Because it's hard for us, no one no, teaches us how to know marketing. None exactly. of that in college. You know, one, we never took any market in the college. We never took it in high school. We even when I work and we work full time job, we never be in marketing. Mm. So, what is the best way to know about marketing? Yeah. So, I, I guess marketing. You know, whether that's business development, so you're trying to win new projects for your en- your engineering company, or sometimes even within your own company, you need to market yourself. You need to do some self-promotion. You need to let people know what your strengths are so that you get recognized for them and and get paid fairly and get that promotion. Um, But I think the first thing to talk about when it comes to marketing or self-promotion is that most people avoid it. And yes. they avoid it because it feels really sleazy. It feels like you're trying to uh, trick someone into thinking you're better than you are. And you might be afraid that you will say that you're really good at something, but someone doesn't. Be- <laughs> I'm clapping for you. Yeah, maybe you're afraid that you'll say that you're good at this skill, but someone else doesn't think that, and therefore they'll ridicule you or laugh at you behind your back. So this is something that we always avoid, especially when it comes to promoting ourselves. Now, the way that you need to start thinking about it is actually what are the benefits to other people if you do self-promotion or market yourself? So for example, when I first started my business, I was so afraid of getting 
rejections or I was so afraid of putting up a social media post that nobody liked because <laughs> I was so scared that people would judge me or people would laugh at me or I don't know. I, I just thought about all these risks to myself. What would happen to me if I did this thing, if I marketed myself? But the only way that I could overcome that was to think, okay, it's actually not about me at all. <laughs> I'm starting this coaching business. I want people to know about my services because I want to help them. It's not about what they think about me. It's about how I can help them. So this is a technique I often talk about when people are feeling low in confidence about something. I call it flip the focus. So when you're lacking confidence, you're always thinking about the risk to yourself. What will happen to me? What if I don't get this promotion because someone thinks I'm stupid? Or maybe I shouldn't speak up in this meeting because someone's already had that thought and thinks it's a silly idea. You're always thinking about the risk to yourself. Whereas when you flip the focus, you stop thinking about the risk to yourself and you start thinking about the benefit to other people. I love that, especially when you mentioned about, about people afraid from rejection and people about social media, you have to report yourself at least by social media start for them. Because to be honest, I'm telling people, especially who joining, who's doing interview, who's joining the new force, one way of to market your interview is it's a mini way to market yourself. It's an interview. Yeah. It's a mini way yeah. to market yourself. To increase that unfair. And I agree with you when you mentioned about social media. At least you have to be active in social media, social media. Because to be honest, I know many of my friends who are trying to go to the interview, they don't have even a LinkedIn account. <laughs> at least these days, I should have a LinkedIn account at least. And you should be active. And your social media will reflect what you are doing. So at least you should have at least a couple of social media people kind of know what you are doing. So people will understand more because trust me, I know some companies stick to the social media of oh, someone. Yeah. yeah, a lot. And I, and I, I have experience in that. I used to do that. So I used to hire people into my engineering teams and I'd always go and do a sneaky check on LinkedIn to see, uh, what, what they were doing. And, um, yeah, I guess if I could see some positive things on their LinkedIn, then before the interview even happened, I've already seen them in a good light. So it, it can be really useful. And I know social media and LinkedIn isn't for everyone. Um, but yeah, if you if you choose to use it, it can be a really powerful tool. I agree with you. So now what uh, I want to go, what about the what about the story about the podcast? How you started? Okay. So I started my podcast at a very similar time to when you started this yeah, podcast. My 2020. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, same here. So May 2020, you might notice that it was when COVID was around, yeah. <laughs> when COVID first hit. So I'm I'm based in the UK, um, although I have an Australian accent, I'm based in the UK. And COVID started becoming a thing here in March 2020. Now, this was kind of, I think this was like roughly six months after I started my coaching business. So after I quit wow. my job and started my coaching business and starting a business is challenging enough as it is without a global pandemic taking place. But um, yeah, I guess I was really disappointed because 
up until that point, I started to create some really great relationships with some STEM corporate companies who said, yeah, would really love to get you in to do some corporate group workshops. So I had these all teed up and they were almost ready to go. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and very understandably, all these organizations said, we have got all of this stuff to deal with. We're going to have to make people redundant. We have to figure out how to pay all our staff 20% less. And there's all this other stuff, yeah, that they had to think about. So totally understandable that training and development for their women in STEM wasn't front of mind and they had to delay all the work that I was going to do with them. So that was really, really tricky for me to deal with at the time. Like I won't lie, it was it was a tough time for me in terms of confidence in my business and, and thinking, wow, am I actually going to be able to make this work? But after a couple of weeks of wallowing in my own sorrow, <laughs> I was like, okay, come on, Tiff. You know, you've got all this training that you've got ready to go for these people. And if you can't teach them in a boardroom to these women in STEM face-to-face, why not try and find a way to make this information useful to people out there? Even if, you know, I'm not going to make any money out of this, that's absolutely fine because I've got this information that's going to be helpful to people sitting here in my notebook and it's just doing nothing. So I may as well try and share this with some people and hopefully a few people might tune in and learn something useful and I might never know about it, but if it helps them in some way, then I feel like I've done my job. At least I'm using my time in a fulfilling way. And it's a global pandemic, you know, let's just let go of all the the business expectations for now and just see this as a chance to serve the community. So I started off doing this podcast um, thinking, okay, I'm just going to try and do 10 episodes, see how it goes. If that's it. If I'm not getting any feedback, then that's fine. At least I've got some resources here I can point my future clients to that will be helpful to them. Um, but otherwise, you know, I'm going to give this a go. I've got nothing else going on at the moment anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, my first podcast episode, I re-recorded it three times because I just felt like it wasn't good enough. I, I was really... Welcome to Boston Syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely imposter syndrome. Um, funnily enough, in that episode, I talk a lot about my own experience of imposter syndrome. But, you know, the first time I did it with a microphone that wasn't very good, then I re-recorded it because I stumbled over my word. Anyway, nowadays I just record it once and I'll listen to test bits of it. I don't even listen to the whole thing back and just just upload it because I feel like I don't want to hold back the value that I have to share with the world. Like I don't want to delay that. If I've got it, then I may as well just get it out there. Um, But anyway, I put these 10 episodes together and I started to get people messaging me saying, wow, this episode that you put out on this career skill, it really helped me. And now I'm actually thinking about changing the direction of my career because I've realized I 
can actually do that. You've given me some tools to take control of my career. So I felt like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. I'm being able to help these women who I've never met before and they're listening to me um, talk about some skills that are really helpful to them. So I've continued since then. Wow. I love that, to be honest, because to be honest, a podcast is a way to amplify your message, not one, two, hundreds of times. And amplifying this message will give a bigger value when to oneself from value. That I love it. And I agree with you with the podcast. At the beginning, even me, I was doing like at least the idea of a podcast was in March. We applied in May. I was editing the podcast. I spent 10 days editing the first episode. People don't yeah. know. 10 days. <laughs> Did you spend I, ages coming up with the name of your podcast as well? No. That came in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, really? In well the bathroom. Done. Yeah. <laughs> the name, like, uh, the name actually me and Ghanem was that after we think the idea. How would you? We think we call construction civil engineer. We said, we said construction UAE. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we come civil engineer. There's another podcast by civil engineer. So I was, well, I was that time I was going to the mall. I went to the bathroom. I see the, I don't know where I see the word vibes. Civil engineer vibes. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I was walking like I saw one shop that mentioned that word vibe. Civil engineer vibes. Wow. Nice. Nice. I like Just that. Just put it on. Yeah. yeah. But for the first episode, yeah, it took me like to forget oh, wow. the first That yeah. imposter syndrome. So I, I feel you about the imposter syndrome, about how it hates sometimes because sometimes anxiety. Oh my God. I have to perfect it. But trust me, even as I guess a new podcaster, start as ugly as you can. Yeah. Even when I start the first episode with, without a mic. Yeah. We, I podcasted from the car, the first episode. Amazing. Good acoustics yeah. in a car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what about also like, for example, like now the new media, like podcasts, YouTube, online courses, online media, is it a better way than the normal education system? Yeah, this is um, another thing I have opinions on, which I don't often get to share. So this is really cool. Um, yeah, I I definitely think that you know, we've got all this information at our fingertips now on podcasts, on YouTube, on you know, on Teachable and, all, you know, all these different courses. People have their own platforms that they teach on, um, Zoom webinars and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, in a sense, you can, if you know what you want to learn about, you can get to the root of that piece of education really quickly. You can learn something in five, 10 minutes, whatever you want to learn, instead of taking a whole, you know, course, you know, there used to be all these short courses that you could do and diplomas and stuff. Now you can just learn how to do anything. Like my dad learns how to do all his, um, you know, home construction work <laughs> off YouTube and, and how to, how to roast a peaking duck dish and all this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> Everything you can learn on YouTube. The one thing I would say is, though, you can you can find some platforms that will teach you whatever you want to learn, which can be a bad thing sometimes because if you've got a certain opinion and you try and find some education to further that opinion, you might not get exposed to 
different ways of thinking about the problem or maybe alternative ideas. So sometimes we, we search for the stuff that we want to prove is correct. Um, I am learning this more and more now. So I am currently 31 weeks pregnant and, um, thanks. And it, as all pregnant women know, there are some strange and wonderful symptoms that come along at all twists and turns. And basically every time you Google a symptom, like, you know, pain in right hip or whatever, if you Google pain in right hip and pregnancy, you will find like the most horrific result. Like it will say, go to the hospital right now because you're probably dying of some horrible disease. When in fact, actually, you know, it's probably nothing. So <laughs> if you, if you're worried about something or if you believe something to be true, you can always find something on the internet to back you up. So I guess sometimes it's not such a good thing if you want to broaden your horizons. So what I usually do is if I'm searching for new podcasts, I sometimes go out there and try and find podcast hosts who I know I don't actually agree with and listen to their points of view because I want to be able to broaden my own way of thinking. Does that make sense? Oh, I guess. So you don't agree with me in most of the episode when you listen to me. Yeah, hate it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> really? For my own episode? I'm wow. I'm joking. I'm joking. Wow. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> that, wow. Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> I said, wow. Some people agree. I, I mean, because I really I want to know people who argue with me. So I want to talk with them about that. Really. Yeah. I yeah. want to talk with them. I want to have another discussion. Even I want to bring them in the podcast and let us rolling. <laughs> so I want to know how, what, what is the reason, what's, what's the issue with them, the rejection of everything. One more thing I want to speak about. We have the issue with the fem- feminism, you know? And the issue now, many female are leaving after college from engineer. Either married, either, either married, either to change other major, or either to go to other things. Why do you think the reason of that? The, the reasons of wide and complex, but I guess some of the main reasons are, first of all, we're minorities in in the workplace or in our education systems. We might be one of few girls. So before you even step into the workplace, you already feel uncomfortable. You know, you don't necessarily feel like you fit in. And as humans, we naturally, you know, our brains are wired to want to fit into a group. And we, and when we don't, it feels like a threat. It feels really uncomfortable. Like you'll see teenage girls after school or on school holidays, they will all dress exactly the same, right? And same with boys, you know, all, all, we all want to fit in. That's just our natural instinct. So when we don't fit in and there's no other reason to stay, then why wouldn't you leave a, an uncomfortable situation? The only way that we can kind of, I guess, get these women to stay is if we can encourage them to go after a career that is really meaningful and purposeful to them, because then it's worth that discomfort. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and, and that's why I, I talk so much about 
taking control of your own career and, and making it something that's worth doing every day, something that has a deeper meaning rather than just making money or becoming the next director. Those are those are cool and they can be your goals for sure. I encourage that. But if that's your only goal and you don't know why you want to reach for those things, then it's really easy for women to leave. They just don't see what the point is. Wow, I love that. I do think female, male, should encourage female to be in that major or to encourage them to be more in a STEM major? Yeah, I think, you know... Especially in engineering and in STEM, we we solve the world's most complex problems, right? And we want to be able to solve them in really new and innovative ways. The engineering companies that do the best, they win the most innovation awards, right? In order to have that innovation, you need to have people who think differently, who think outside the box. If everyone is the same, comes from the same background, or for example, they're all male, then you're missing out on someone with a different perspective who might be able to encourage you to think differently or solve a problem in a new way. So, you know, diversity is not just about having more women in the workplace. It is mainly about diversity of thoughts. How can you get people from different backgrounds who think completely differently to solve a problem together in a new way? Wow, I love that. So what about mentorship, especially mentorship? Because we know there are many men in engineer that go mentorship. What about female? Shall we do mentorship also? Shall we should encourage more female from a major to do mentoring for female or mental mentoring for female? Yeah, this is a really tricky one because um, I know for a lot of senior females, they often feel that there's a lot of responsibility on them to mentor the next generation, although they might not have had any mentors themselves because they might be the first female leader that they've ever experienced. So, um, you know, while I love that there are so many women out there who are in senior positions who are willing to mentor others. I also don't feel it's fair to pressure them to do so because they already have so much on their plate. But in terms of mentoring, you know, this, this goes for anyone. I think we have this misconception that we have to go up to someone we really admire and say, will you please be my mentor? And then they're kind of like, your mum for the rest of your career but, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, a bigger, an older brother or, you know, that, that they're out there to look out for you. But mentoring doesn't have to necessarily be like that. Sometimes I think you can, if there's a skill that you want to learn or there's a way of thinking that you admire from someone else who you've seen in your workplace, you can go up to that person and instead of saying, will you please be my mentor, be more specific about what you want to learn. So maybe you can say to this person, hey, I've noticed that you are able to um, change a client's mind really quickly. You've got these influencing skills and I'd love to learn that from you. Would it be okay if we work together for the next six months and you can teach me some of the ways that you influence, or maybe I can come to some meetings with you and learn that. So 
being more specific in what you want to get out of the mentoring relationship is really helpful because then it doesn't feel like for that mentor, it doesn't feel like they've got to look after you for the rest of your life. It's very much like, okay, they want to learn this skill and they want to follow me for this amount of time. And then after that, we can reassess. I love that, especially because especially this is for fresh graduate or people who are doing an internship. Because I'm telling you, look, most of the people are busy when they are doing their work. Yes. Okay, they will help you, but they are busy. Of course, they are human. They have hundreds of things going up on their head, to be honest. So you have to be so specific. You have to observe and you have to be so specific what you want. Yeah. I agree with you because really that, that really fascinating. So one more question it had to be, it had to be my head. Like if I'm a civil engineer or whatever, I'm an engineering major. I said, Seven engineers, not or whatever engineer, but after work three or seven, seven year on any engineering major, it says it's not my cup of tea. What mm-hmm. what should I do? Is it okay to move to other major or I should have to stick with myself? Yeah. So, you know, I think this is, again, something that people don't talk about enough is changing careers. It seems like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you're going to change, but people do it all the time. And I agree. Even if you stay in civil engineering, your role probably changes so many times throughout your career. So it's kind of unrealistic to expect someone who is forever growing and developing and experiencing new things to always be just interested in the one career for the rest of their lives. I definitely encourage people to follow what they're interested in whether that is within their same career field or different. And if you follow what you're interested in, you'll always do your best. I know that sounds really cliche, but, you know, when you're interested in something, you're naturally going to want to learn more about it. You're going to be more enthusiastic. You'll be able to inspire other people around you. If you're staying in a job just because society thinks you should stay in that career forever, then what's the point? I agree with you. People can have multi-purpose in their life, yes. can have multi-goal in their life. You will jump in major multiple times. You will jump maybe in industry multiple times. It's not at the end of the, at the, end of the journey rather than that of the end line. Mm. People can have multiple nine, and this is whatever you're in the, in the engineer, it can be help you for the next step. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I've changed careers, but everything that I learned in my engineering career has got me to the place I am now. You know, a lot of people, um, when they message me about my podcast, they will say, oh, the way that you explain some of these concepts, I'd heard about them before, but because you've got this a similar engineering mindset you think about the logical steps in the same way that i do so in fact all of those years that i worked in engineering has trained my brain to think a certain way and therefore i can explain some of these career development concepts in a way that is useful to other engineers i love that really love it really love that and this is really very helpful because you cannot be coached from engineering so you have the mindset of engineers yeah so we're so where people can talk, look about you, search about you? Yeah, so I am really active on LinkedIn and Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at Tiffany Dawson underscore. LinkedIn, I'll, I'll send you my, my LinkedIn URL. Maybe you can help me share that no on issue. your show notes. No issue. 
Um, and by the way, yeah. I'm, by the way, for people who don't know the podcast, I'm always putting the story her also. I'm always tagging in her story because you have really a nice episode. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. You're always helping me promote my podcast and it really helps to get women the help that they need. You know, if, if they're facing a specific career challenge, they might be able to find an episode that will help them through that in my podcast. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I've got my own podcast called How to Be a Steminist. So everyone's welcome to check that out. And also my website is www.tiffanydawson.co. Thank you. Really appreciate and wishing you the best. And for sure, I will bring you for other episode, for sure. Oh, especially after you. you get your, especially after you get your baby, because we want to text podcast me and you and your baby. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll have some really interesting experiences and different mindsets to share after the baby is born as well. So be, yeah, I'd love we to want to even to be a guest in the next our next podcast. <laughs> next Thank you so much for having me. It's been absolute joy to be part of your podcast, and um, I can't wait to listen to more of your episodes too. Thank you, really appreciate. I'm also cannot wait to listen to more of you, your episode also. Thank you so much. Thank you, really appreciate. Wow, what a great episode! Yeah, she's so like man, and we have. Um, trust me, there's a a lot of hidden gem there. I love what she told about you know education, about mentorship, about you know, even about whether they have online education. That my personal opinion, online education could be sharing something. Okay, there's the issue everyone has his own opinion, even in book, his opinion. But I like what she like when she said I'm she like to listen to someone who argue with her. That the podcast that they are argue that against her point and she have to get the idea from this point. I love that. And this is what we call critical thinking. Yeah. You have always to take the idea from two points. We should not we should not take all the idea from one point only. And I don't know when the episode will be aired, but I believe when the episode will be aired, we will pass the Women's Stimulus Day. Guys, please help female in STEM major. You know that now, statistic, let's statistic, I don't know if it's correct or no, like 10% only in female and it's an engineer. I can't resonate with that because when I check my statistic, even you know for the podcast viewer, there's a few females that are watching the podcast. And that would bother me a lot. It's really annoy me. No, I want fifty I want at least a, a huge percentage from females to watch the podcast. We should always encourage women equity in the, you know, between men and women workplace. So guys, please support females in STEM and your major. If you are a leader, if you are a colleague, if you are I don't know, if you are a father, if you are a professor or a doctor, university, or whatever you are, support them. Help them. Give them the correct support. Encourage them. Don't let them like, don't eliminate them. Include them with your team. Give them the work and always empower them. Second, guys, if you love really the episode and you like Ms. Thousand and you like what episode or any female that she needs, she felt that you need to share the episode to someone, please. Share it to someone and make this episode what it means to you or to her. Check out the episode what it means to her. Share it to someone. Because really, I think this episode could change sometime. Someone or someone really day. Because a couple of days back, I mean, a couple of episodes, sorry. A couple of episodes back, someone told me that the episode changed on him. And that means a lot to me. 
please share the episode to someone. Even to only to one person and tell him what it means. I love that guy. Take care, guy. Wishing you the best. See you. Bye. It was nice to meet you. And remember, guy, we raised by sharing the knowledge to everyone. Sharing is caring. It was nice to meet you guys and wishing you the best. Take care, guys, and wishing you the best. You guys have a good, good day and good night. Thank you.